So when you think mindfully and you buy nutrition and you understand that food in its most basic form is calories and calories in their most basic form are energy, food is fuel. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Ribbons, your host for Next, a podcast dedicated to connecting women through stories, inspiration, and actions that empower resilience, leverage change, and celebrates their next. If you have lived half a century, certainly you have valuable skills, knowledge, and something you can share. Creating online courses on an appealing platform is another way to reach your audience, deliver your knowledge, and create an income source. I've been a Kajabi user for over five years, and I'm continually impressed with the amazing capabilities, options, excellent support, and the dedication to continue to innovate and provide the very best to their users. It's everything you need from soup to nuts to house your pearls of wisdom and share with others. To get your first month free, go to www.nextcareerlife.com backslash income. That's www.nextcareerlife.com backslash income. And get your first 30 days for free. Today's guest is Kristen Crowfield, author, speaker, and founder of The Culinary Cure Consulting Business. Kristen is a passionate advocate for food as medicine, life navigator, and culinary wellness coach. She reinvented her life after a decade of chronic physical and spiritual decline and is now mission-driven to help others do the same, one bite at a time, sharing her passion and purpose with women that doesn't matter where you are in your journey. Using food to give yourself every advantage is a superpower that can change your life. Let your love your body and improve your career. So welcome, Kristen. I'm so glad that you're here today. And, um, and I, I know a bit about you, but if you could just sort of give a little bit of outline of, of who you are and what, where you got to this um, okay. for the audience. Well, first of all, Elizabeth, thank you for having me. I am delighted we met on Clubhouse, and I am very happy to be here. I am Kristen Cofield. I am an author and an educator, coach, um, and a culinary disruptor. And I call myself a culinary disruptor because I really feel that women shortchange themselves when it comes to food. And my personal journey was one where I had a life that I was living and looked great to everybody else. And then things took a, a turn for the worse. It didn't happen over uh, um, overnight. It happened over time. And like many women, I found myself having to reboot mm. and reboot in midlife, which is not when you imagine you're going to have to do that. So one bite at a time, I rebuilt my, my whole life and I built a business of passion and purpose around using food. And I, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Right, right. And, and well, you make it sound like it was easy, but if you look into Kristen and all that she's accomplished with this, you know she's passionate and she's the right person to really help guide you because she's a doer and uh, you definitely should, and it will be in the, in the show notes, what she's accomplished. And her book looks amazing. And she's got so much different things, you know, coming down the line. So definitely someone to watch. I liked in your bio how you, you said you were at one time, like you said, all things to all people. And about, you don't have to say your age, but how long ago was this when you had that day or that time of reckoning of, wait a minute, 
I've kind of lost myself in that, in that period of time. Right. Right. And, and that's a theme I hear from so many women. It's like, I lost myself in my own life. You know, I started being all things to all people and we get rewarded for being all things to all people. It feels good for us, but it's also other people are like, Oh, you know, she's a super fixer. Oh, ask Kristen, she'll take care of that. And you know, when I say it happened over time, not overnight, I never saw it coming and I didn't see my own role in getting lost in, in my life. So when we continue to serve other people's needs endlessly, there is just this point where your purpose in life, you're, you're like, wait, what am I, what, what am I doing? So, you know, I had that day, you know, it happened, you know, over about a decade, believe it or not. And I was dealing with my mother's breast cancer. I was dealing with my father's Alzheimer's. Um, I was married to, I am still married to a great guy. But as a therapist once told me, oh, Kristen, those great guys, they can be really hard to live with because the reason they're great guys is because they do all kinds of stuff for other people and they don't always do the same at home. Right. So I was married to a great guy and who is a giver and we found ourselves in a really horrible situation. He was in a partnership with a taker and, you know, all of a sudden our finances were, it was a tsunami of um, just soul sucking personal events. And because I was, I'm a capable woman, like every woman out there, my story is every woman's story. I could fix it. I could sell my grandmother's jewelry on eBay to pay a tuition bill for a kid. I could, um, you know, borrow money from this and max out a credit card here. And I could make it work. I could like keep us going because I truly believed it was just going to change one day. And so I didn't realize that I was, I was part of the problem in this, this downward spiral. So as as I say, you know, the rope was really long. (laughs) It was like this 10 year rope. And one day I literally woke up and my first thought was, how am I going to get through this day? Like, how am I going to get through this day? And And how, how many women have thought that, you know what I mean? Right. I was, I was 56. Um, you know, my, my last kid went off to college. I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. My dog died. And it was like, I was like, oh my God, you know, how am I going to get through this day? And I can't wait to go to sleep. And then I would get into bed at night and I couldn't sleep because, you know, my brain was on fire. And, and, and you know, when I tell this story, and I speak in front of very large audiences, women are sitting there shaking their heads. You know, this was not unique to me, but the problem as women is we don't want to talk about it. We don't want people to know that things aren't going well. And we also find out people don't really want to hear when the shit's hitting the fan, you know? (laughs) That is so true. They really, it's kind of like, you know, they don't really want to hear about it. So I was alone. 
I was dealing with this, you know, insurmountable stress. I had thyroid cancer because I had probably fried my thyroid from all that, you know, uh, cortisol shooting through my endocrine system like heroin. And, and the rope was long. I got to the end of the rope and I'm like, not today, Satan. So we're going to do something different because what we're doing isn't working. And this cannot be what the universe had planned for me. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't control all those things. I couldn't control, you know, my mother's cancer, my father's Alzheimer's, um, you know, what was happening in, in my, with my husband and our finances were just terrifying. But I could control what was on the end of my fork. And food has always been my medium. So what you don't know about me um, that I didn't share is besides being the founder of The Culinary Cure, Uh um, I had a catering company for years called um, In Good Taste, and I catered congressional fundraisers in Washington. And I have a background in hospitality and event planning, and food has always been my medium. I'm I'm an incredibly accomplished person in the kitchen. I love food. You know, I'm the girl who catered part of her own wedding. Um, you know, in the <laughs> funniest- Wait a minute. <laughs> I do love about that. That's good. Okay. <laughs> and the funny part of that story is I want, this is 1985. I wanted there to be so many shrimp at my wedding reception that people said, I can't eat another shrimp. So I made my, um, I had a catering company at the time and I made my um, spiced shrimp and it's got garlic and lemon and all these herbs and fresh things in it. And when I went to get my nails done, um, the girl who was doing my nails said, um, so I can make your nails look okay, but I'm not sure I can get that smell out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I know what you're talking about when you peel all of them and you're working with, with, ah, ah, you're doing yeah. smell and yeah. the garlic too. And the garlic. And the garlic. So, um, so food's been my medium. So I could start with the thing I knew the best. You know, I'd been the girl who always brought you a dinner. If somebody in your family was sick, you know, I show my love food is my love language. And, um, so I turned to food because And this is another thing, every time I say this, everybody's shaking their head. What had happened was, because of the stress in my life, I was not getting good restorative rest. So although I was lying in my bed for six or seven hours, I was not getting that crucial sleep where my body was detoxing and restoring itself. When you don't get good rest, you wake up, and you need that cup of coffee or that tea, you go right to the caffeine, you crave the sugar. And that, unfortunately for women, that sort of triggers the hormones too. Once we elevate that blood sugar, the hormones follow. And now we're in this sort of hangry, on edge situation. And that leads to another coffee. It might lead to a bagel. And then you have a glass of wine at five o'clock and that leads to some cheese and crackers. And before you know it, you've had half a, half a bottle of wine and that's how you're getting through each day. You're getting, you're getting stuff done, but you're running on empty the whole time. And stress is a form of inflammation. So I went to, I started on the end of my fork and I was like, you know what? 
food's got to do more for me. And I know a lot about food. You know, I have a 32-year-old son, and I was telling people 32 years ago, we have to be taking probiotics. So, wow. Yeah. You are way ahead of it. That's so great. And my friends were like, Kristen, what are you talking about? Like, pro what? You know, we can't feed our kids apples because they've got Alar. We've got to, you know, seek out, you know, organics and all this stuff. And so, you know, I've been a wellness warrior for a long time, but I wasn't doing, I wasn't taking care of myself. So I made sure at that point, I was like, I can lie in bed at 5 a.m. or I can get my fanny to the gym. So I was getting up, having a glass of water, going to the gym, and I made every morsel and sip that I put in my body serve me. So when I did that, it changed so many things. Now I'm going to the gym. I'm getting some good endorphins going. I'm eating food and using it as fuel. My body is starting to change. The way I look is starting to change. The energy I'm putting out in the world is starting to change. And it's amazing when you change your energy, what happens. An incredible job came out of the universe for me. And I'm talking an incredible job that I had for three and a half years working for one of the top um, cosmetic dermatologists in the country, who was someone who had been a client of mine. So I ended up with this great job. And I got some of my confidence back because that's when you lose yourself in your life, the thing you lose is your confidence and you start to question everything and you start to feel you don't have much value. And as women, very often, we gave away a lot of our value in our marriages if we stayed home to take care of our kids. Oh my gosh. It's a valuable thing. But the money value is different because we don't put a dollar amount on that. And so when you step out of the workplace and step into the home, be it for 5, 10, or 15 years, there's a financial price you pay for that. And in many cases, there's a price you pay for that in your marriage as far as being able to negotiate too. Right, right. So, you know, I started with what was on the end of my fork. It led to all kinds of things. It led to a regular um, TV appearances on a bunch of local TV stations. Um, It led to the culinary cure, which if I could reboot myself in midlife, I knew I couldn't find any information to tell me how to do that. So I knew other women needed this information too. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So that was a long way of answering your question. (laughs) I love that story. And I was going to touch on your prior experience as, you know, a a caterer. And also I felt that that liaison, that person, you know, when you worked in that, in that doctor's office, that was amazing too, because I saw that as a way for it. Look, when you look, hindsight's 2020, right? And when you look back, you, you have to be grateful for sort of really hitting the rock bottom and getting to the end of that rope because all of this is, has been born from that, right? And, and you're living a great life and you're also impacting so many other people's lives, which is, that's heaven. I mean, if you can, if you can do that, that's pretty incredible. But I saw that, I thought, wow, it's, I can see it and see that you, you know food really well. You're a doer for sure. And then working in that, in that liaison sort of that, in that capacity, you were able to 
to negotiate people and, and help them from a caring standpoint. You understood that language. It sort of really gave you all of that and your confidence. Like you said, I'm, I'm looking at your, your history. I'm going, wow, this was like it perfectly mapped out. It was perfectly mapped out. It makes sense that you're doing what you're doing. And it's in, you know, you have to say something's in charge because, wow, I mean, it wasn't great that you went through what you went through. But at the same time, you know, you, you hold yourself together like we do, <laughs> like us women do, and you step-by-step step made it happen. And I just love your story. I absolutely love it. And I feel, well, no, studies show that midlife, 40s to 60s plus, is the most disruptive time in life. Women go through the most disruption um, whether it be parents getting sick, kids leaving the home, divorce, um, financial issues, because we're impacted by college, you know, college and all of those things. And there's just a lot that happens or ageism and, they, and, you, and you get let go because someone younger has been getting moved in at a lower rate or there's so many things. So speaking, I mean, you're speaking to a, a broad audience, but speaking to this age group, we have to show up as our best selves if we really want to live our lives completely, right? And so coming from a, a place where people go, oh my gosh, I don't want to give up my wine or my bagel or my cheese or my, well, it's, it's a balance, right? If you, if, you, if you give those things up, look at all that you're going to gain. And I think that's where people, they hear the, I have to give up sugar. I don't want to give up sugar, but Talk about how you've helped people gain confidence in enjoying life and not, and the food isn't so important. The, 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 the sugar isn't so important. Um, talk about that because we, we can get up the next day and have our brain. We can get up the next day and feel good. So I would love to hear a little bit about that. Well, and, and you touched on a couple of really, really important points before I talk about actually sugar um, and one of those is we don't learn very much from the easy stuff, right? <laughs> right. It doesn't, it is the hard stuff that tempers and molds and pulls us out of our comfort zone and makes us find new, better ways to be and do and connect in the world. So what I went through and, and let me tell you, the day that I decided we needed to put our house on the market to pay the staggering tax debt was the best day of my life. I was so relieved that we were going to be able to sell this house and start fresh. And, and I didn't care. Like, that was like, oh, my God, this is, this is a fresh start. And how many people get a fresh start, right? Yeah. But... What we have to look at is, and this is a question we should ask every day. First of all, we should be questioning everything, right? Yes. Because every life, like what I have found in my life now is so fulfilling and so rewarding. And let me tell you, I have some wonderful friends and they are fulfilled and rewarded decorating their best next house or or, you know, shopping or, you know, 
organizing a fundraiser, and those are all great things. But very few women want to jump in and start a career, a new career, mm -hmm. in their in their 50s. Mm -hmm. And I'm an immigrant to technology, not a native. So yeah. not only am I starting a new career, I'm starting a career online. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right. And I don't have a lot of resources. So, and I'm not particularly tech technologically gifted. So I got to figure this out, right? Mm -hmm. so, so what... I did, even in that moment of selling my house or deciding to not lie in bed or change what I was eating, was I began to evaluate what serves me and what doesn't serve me. Yes. So when we let go of things that don't serve us, how is sugar serving you? Yeah. What good thing is it doing for you? Sure, it tastes great. And let me tell you, if somebody hands me a warm chocolate chip cookie that they made, I'm going to eat that cookie and love it. But I'm not going to eat a crappy Chips Ahoy cookie. You know, I'm going to... So, so it's all about creating a to, literally a toolkit for traveling through life. Mm -hmm. And we can't shortchange ourselves. So... How do I take this thing I'm already doing and make it better? You know, so I'm already eating. So how do I change those things so I get what I want? Because I want a body I love that loves me back. Mm, I want to feel well said. Yes. I want to feel good in my skin. I don't we I was I was talking with somebody the other morning about what is health and how does that relate to wealth? And the cost of losing your health can be so devastating financially, it can sink your ship. Mm -hmm. And if you lose your health, you're going to spend all your time and money trying to get it back. So here we are, midlife women, our kids are gone. Um, we All of a sudden, we have extra bandwidth that we can focus on ourselves and this is the time to live younger, longer, and better. So every habit, how does this serve me? What does this do for me? I'm going to eat this food. What do I want from this? Do I want energy? Do I want mental focus? Or do I want belly bloat? Do I want hangry? Because I'm giving people, I'm giving people the shortcut. Here are the keys to the castle. You want a body you love that loves you back? I'm 62. And my girls joke, 20 from behind. <laughs> right? Well, you look great. You actually, oh. you just look really good. So I love, I love that you're 62. So 62. But, yeah. And um, so, so it's, it's not that you're giving up sugar. It's that you're swapping your sugar. So it's worth it when you eat it and you enjoy it, but you've got the tools now. So, you know, how sugar fits into your life and your program. And I do not believe in diets. My program is not a diet because diets don't work. Women diet, they lose weight, they go off the diet, they gain the weight back, and then some. And it's no way to live. You know what? I feel like you're the educator. You're educating people on the value of making these 
really good choices for themselves. So it's a lifestyle choice rather than a diet that they're going to get some kind of instant or, you know, long, like these are the results I'm going to get. And then like you're saying, they're going to bounce back to what they used to do. This is a deeper sort of, you're learning this and, and it's, it's keeping them happier. And, and we are living longer lives. So we really do have to think about how far is our money going to go? We certainly don't want to be paying all that out to, to take care of ourselves because we're so sick. And also we want to enjoy it. And, you know, starting a career, um, a lot of women at 45, 50, they're thinking, oh my gosh, but do you know that statistics show that women who start careers at this time in their 50s are the ones that are doing the best, 45, 50, 55. They're the ones that are doing the best because we've got time. And I think too, when you said, you know, is this serving me? When you When you woke up that morning and you just went, oh my gosh, that was probably the first time you actually gave yourself permission to say, wait, this is, what am I doing? You know, because we mm-hmm. just keep, we, it, it all, it happens by little, little bits. We don't just one day start doing that. We little bits, little bits. We kind of just keep putting ourselves aside and keep doing whatever it took. Like you were saying, selling your grandmother's jewelry to make it work because we're just, we got all the plates in the air. And so you, your journey I think anyone listening to this, any woman listening to this would go, oh my gosh, they can relate. It may not be exactly the same as yours, but they can relate to that pivotal moment of, I have to do something different. This is not working. Wait, who am I? You know, where did I go? And so your story is so very powerful. And I love that you go and you speak because I'm sure you're fantastic. Um, I I just kind of want to go over a few things. I mean, you have a really terrific... um, ebook, but there's a few things that you have in there that I just want to kind of touch on and you can maybe just explain a little bit. First, I want to say that you have a great quote here. We all need to trade habits that do not serve us for habits that do. When we understand that our food practices are opportunities to fuel our health and happiness, we can make more mindful. We can be more mindful of our choices. So I love that you wrote that. And um, in your book, you wrote buy less food. Why should we buy less food? Uh, in my little book, my pretty little book. Um, So as Americans, we buy way too much food. Pinterest Mm -hmm. shows us refrigerators overflowing with things. Um, You know, people are shopping at big box stores and buying massive quantities. What we're doing, Americans waste 43% of the food they buy. They throw it out. And we are shopping for food, not buying meals. So when we buy meals and we have a plan for what we buy, we save money, we eat better, we use our food more intentionally, and we don't waste it. We don't throw, there's nothing to throw away at the end of the week. Um, So your refrigerator should be empty at the end of the week, and then you should buy your meals for the week. So buy meals not shop for food. And this is the first mistake. So part of the culinary cure is the kitchen intervention. If we don't create the right conditions of life in our homes, we're setting ourselves up for failure. Because yeah. we, we're not going to have the right stuff. And when you're, if you don't have a plan and five o'clock rolls, rolls around and you're hungry, you're going you're gonna, to, this is what my mother used to do. She was a single woman. In the, you know, 60s, can you imagine what that was like? In a small town, mm-hmm. weren't a lot of divorced people. She had a business in town. She had a wonderful store. And 
she, my sister and I would come to her store after school and like hang out in the back. And when she closed her store at five, we would go to the grocery store and she would buy whatever was going to be for dinner that night. We had a lot of rotisserie chickens. But we we would get home and I can remember watching my mother do this. She would take crackers and put butter on them because she was so famished from a long day. And now she had these kids and she was out of fuel and she never, she was a good cook, but she was never a good food planner. And we used to talk about uh, you know, my sister and I would say, oh, my God, when we'd go home as adults, we're like, you know, we're going to have to go through that refrigerator because surely there's some gravy in a little dish in the back of the refrigerator. So so buy less food, buy better food. So mm-hmm. spend more money on quality. Know where your food comes from, how it was raised. Buy the organics when you can afford them and get them. Shop yes. at your local farmer's market. Buy better food, support food growers whose values align with your own, Mm -hmm. because if it's better for the planet, it's better for us. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to act because people go, oh, you know, organic food is expensive. I'm like, I promise you, if I went to your house right now, your refrigerator is filled with stuff you're going to throw out. And I think you heard me say this the other day. When you buy food, what you're paying for is nutrients. Mm -hmm. This is what you're actually buying. You're buying nutrition. Mm -hmm. So be more intentional because if you buy a bag of bagels and a bag of apples, the bagels, the calories, are you're not getting nutrition. You're actually getting something that's going to hurt you not help you. So when you think mindfully and you buy nutrition and you understand that food in its most basic form is calories and Mm -hmm. calories in their most basic form are energy. Food is fuel. Yeah. And, and what you put into your body, it's just an easy equation. It's what you're going to get as far as performance, right? You want good performance. So, you know, and we all want to live our best lives. So it all makes sense. And I'm a big, I remember way back when, when they first started putting out organic produce in the grocery um, and it looked like it fell off a truck and it was expensive. And, but I still bought it because I wanted to promote, I wanted to use my dollars because some people say, oh, you know, I don't feel like I have any power over anything. Well, you do your dollar. So I would use my dollars to purchase that. And I knew it was better for my children. So that's what I would do. And I'm a food planner as well, because I do see that that makes sense. And um, just going to the store to buy whatever is, that's a slippery slope. You can just buy the wrong things and packages of cookies and things that are just, you know, marshmallows and all that stuff. Um, But uh, another thing that you say is consume less animal protein, which is, you know, when I was a little girl, I'm from a big family. My mom would say, what do you want for your birthday dinner? And I would say, beets you know, green beans, I would tell asparagus, I was always loving vegetables to begin with. And but it's easy when you have kids to just make a quick protein, you know, quick. So it, it's a little more time consuming to make more vegetarian or or vegetable dishes. What do you recommend about that? Because I don't think it's a good idea to eat a lot of animal protein. 
and but it does take some time to to switch that over. What are your tips on that? Um, well, the blue zones, which are the places in the world where people live longer than yeah. any place else in the world, um, I did um, I did a couple of TV segments on that, and when I was doing my research, it was really interesting because in the blue zones, people do eat animal protein, but it's more of a condiment than it is the main dish. Mm-hmm. And and what what has happened is, and this is why aligning your consumer dollars with your values is so important. We now have all this cheap animal protein. Mm-hmm. And the way we raise those animals is not pretty. Like if people saw the conditions under which these animals are being raised, they might never eat meat again. Right. It's that bad. We're talking apartment complexes of animals who are not outside, who are not living natural lives, who are being treated with hormones and antibiotics. And it's, it's horrible. And those animals are living a stressful existence and stress hormones are actually in the meat, you know? Um, So, so when, but I eat meat, but I am very careful about the meat I eat. So what, Here's a portion, here's a serving of meat. It's about the size of a circle drawn on your fist. So if you're a little person like I am, you know, that's, that's about, you know, maybe three ounces mm-hmm. of, of animal protein. I don't eat animal protein every day. Um, mm-hmm. But when you think of that as your animal protein being maybe, if you're looking at your plate, it's maybe no more than 25% of what's on your plate. Mm-hmm. And the rest is whole foods close to their natural state. So we're not talking pasta. Um, we're talking things like um, um, roast oven roasted vegetables, which are quick and easy to do. Yeah. Um, I do a lot with cauliflower. You know, I make cauliflower steaks and I put garlic butter and um, a little bit of Parmesan cheese on them and bake them in the oven. They're so delicious. Um, but once you start cooking vegetables and you can go to the culinarycure.com, I've got 200 recipes, most, many of them, almost most of them plant-based. Once you start eating more vegetables, you're getting more fiber, you're getting more micronutrients, your digestive system is functioning better. So what I say to people is, let's make some healthy swaps. You like pasta? They've got these great um, hearts of palm pasta you can get everywhere now. You can get it mm-hmm. at Trader Joe's, you can get it at Walmart, you can get it online. And it's, it's basically hearts of palm sliced into the shape of linguine. And once you put sauce on it, you can't tell you're, you're not eating pasta. Or you could do zoodles using a, you know, a vegetable spiralizer. Mm-hmm. So like we talked about making these swaps, bread is the hardest thing. I just led a group in a 30-day detox and reset. And we made a lot of banana mug muffins because people were really struggling. And that's a recipe that's on my website at The Culinary Cure. Because I'm like, okay, She's, you know, people are like, I can't live without my breakfast bagel. And I'm like, okay, we're going to go to the banana mug muffin or the banana pancakes and, or the avocado waffles. You know, there are things you can do. Um, So when you look at everything, be a questioner. Like when you're buying granola, 
you don't need to have grains in your granola. You can have seeds in your granola. So there's so many ways to embrace more plant foods, more whole foods, oven roast them, grill them, you know, um, get into some whole grains. I love those little black beluga lentils. You know, they're Mm -hmm. delicious. And once you start doing that and you get a few of these recipes down, all of a sudden you're you're craving them and you don't miss the meat. But but meat is also um, highly inflammatory in the body if we eat too much of it. It creates inflammation and inflammation is not good. Oh my gosh. You just answered a lot of questions that I had for you here, but I have to just say, well, I went on a trip to Europe and I was loving the Italian food and everything there. But, you know, it was a lot of pasta, different kinds of cured meats, cheeses, and I was allowing myself wine and and I came back home and I really did have a a period of time where I did not feel well. And I, I, my lymph system was sort of feeling sluggish and I was, I know that you can take a warm shower and then turn the cold on and it helps to get rid of that. There's different ways of drinking lots of water and all that. But that made me realize I don't think I will be doing that very often anymore. It was I, I, I partook and I enjoyed. But for me, I can't have that kind of uh, diet. It just does not work with me. I'm more the vegetable, fresh vegetable, fresh, 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 like, like you. And I do better. I just do better. I just feel better. Um, and, and I like the way it tastes. So, and like you're saying, all the different things that you, that you advise as far as like the, the cauliflower steaks and all that, it does taste really good. And, um, so I just love everything that you're saying. And, and I encourage everyone to definitely the, in the show notes, you'll see, uh, the culinary cure.com, right. You have Mm -hmm. that. And, Mm -hmm. um, also, Kristen is on Clubhouse. She's online. She's just a real doer. So definitely check her out. Look at the show notes where you can find her. And Kristen, this has been so fantastic. And thank you for sharing your story with me. I so appreciate it. And I'm honored that you took the time out today to to have a little chat. Why, thank you. And um, I would... You know, I do have a lot of free information for people on my website at The Culinary Cure. And mm-hmm. if you're interested in my book, you know, How Healthy People Eat, An Eater's Guide to Healthy Habits, this is really a primer for if you're wondering where to get started and you don't want to, you know, you're, over, you're tired of the wellness overwhelm, it's just a great way to get valuable information that you can use starting today. And start where you are use what you have, do what you can. That's a quote from Arthur Ashe. And I just love it because that's, that is how we begin any change. We just start where we are and decide to do better. I love that. Thank you so much. And you have a lovely day and I wish you great success. And I know I'm going to definitely be reaching out to you more. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Links to mine and my guest social media, as well as other resources you might enjoy, are all in the show notes. Why not take a quick 10-minute quiz to help find the right resource for you? Download the Compass mini course or browse the resource page and see what the next community has to offer. All available at www.nextcareerlife.com. Enjoying the show? Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend or coworker. Word of mouth is still the best way to find out about new podcasts. Until next time.